Hello, welcome back to How to Rewrite Your Stars. I'm your host, Benjamin Fincher, joined today by Nathan and Heather Ogden. Very excited that today going to host two guests, and not only two guests, but two amazing guests that I have the privilege of knowing. Um, Nathan and Heather have an amazing story that we'll hop into, but a quick introduction to them before have them actually introduce themselves is they are the co-founders of a nonprofit called Chair the Hope. They take wheelchairs to underdeveloped countries and provide mobility and hope. They are parents to four kids that, as they say, are growing up way too fast. Nate is a motivational speaker and president of Chair the Hope, and Heather runs the travel coordination for the nonprofit and is the one that produces the crazy ideas. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so is that a brief bio what else can you tell us about you guys uh yeah i think that's it i think i the fun thing about a, a podcast like this about kind of rewriting your stars and figuring out what your future is and where do you want to be is takes a lot of look back to prior our past six years in particular um but it goes back as far as 19 years when uh um, when I was first injured, but uh, us probably being able to dream bigger and to widen our view has most likely been in the last six years, I would say. And for those, since they can't see us on this podcast, Nate's in a wheelchair. So that's something that, you know, probably needs to be thrown out there right from the beginning is that he was born with legs that worked and now they don't. And after being a collegiate soccer player and an avid hunter fisherman out hiking every hills like he's now in a wheelchair and has found different ways to be able to find I don't know fun and be able to get back to the world so so I am a quadriplegic but let's go back just a teeny bit farther so I think the first time that I really started going after something that I really wanted and not that I felt that I deserved was when I asked my now wife, Heather, but at that time wasn't even my girlfriend and she had another boyfriend. She had a boyfriend. We'd only been on one date. And I said, listen, honey, I didn't say say honey. honey. No, I didn't say honey. No, you didn't say honey. I said, listen, um, I think we need to go on a second date at some point. So when I think you need to go back to college dump your boyfriend and let's start doing some dating and let's see if there's something there. Wow. True story. Wow. I don't think he's ever been so brave ever since that moment or ever before (laughs) that moment. So let's get that out there as well. It worked though. Well, and I don't know what you would say to this thought on that, Nathan, but it could be that you just knew that Heather would provide enough bravery for the two of you to continue on from that moment. So you just needed to get that spurt in. That's probably true. I, well, I definitely, I needed someone there to help pull me through a lot of the stuff that we've been through. That is true. Yeah. Cause uh, with me having gotten to know you guys uh, a little bit over the couple of years I've known you, I know the one, you're a fantastic duo, but two, you both come with your amazing strengths. Thank you. Yeah, it's pretty strong. She can piggyback me. Well, it is like kind of our story is interesting, just that I mean, Nate broke his neck 19 
19 and a half years ago now, um, snow skiing and we rehabilitated him and helped through a lot of hard times over the like next almost year. And he got pneumonia really bad and went unconscious, went into the hospital. And while he was in there getting x-rays, he was dropped off the x-ray table and he broke his neck a second time. And so it's kind of an interesting story as we tell that to people, they're just like number one in shock that, you know, they now have heard of somebody who's broke their neck twice and has actually lived. Um, right. But also the really cool, unique story of taking the challenges that we were given back, you know, 19 and 18 years ago after the second break and uh, how we decided to not be bitter about it, but be better and to move forward. Right. Well, and that's incredible. I remember when I first heard your story that that struck me as just super, um, so many things, but uh, profound and um, it takes a lot of strength and not physical strength to, that takes a lot of emotional strength to say, you know what, it happened and, you know, I could be bitter over the doctor that did this or the lack of doctors that did this or however you want to look at it. And I mean, even just someone hearing that story could be like, you, you didn't include the detail that if I remember right, there was just one doctor with you moving you around on the x-ray table, which is part of the reason that happened. And just someone hearing that could be like, get their blood boiling. Like that is injustice. And how could they be so dumb? And, uh, and you guys who went through it have had that forgiveness that you've given, which is incredible. And I think that's a, when I, when I think about back to that experience, um, like we've never ever had a harsh conversation or thought about the x-ray tech. Um, you know, it's not like he meant to do it. Accidents happen. But uh, I think if, to me, I think part of it is, is that I was, I think that I've been blessed to be born with an ability to to see the positive doesn't mean I always pick it but that at least I can see it <laughs> yeah see the positive and I can I can act upon that and that's helped a lot but I think the probably the bigger part is that if you surround yourself with the right people who look at the positive then when these things happen you'll tend to go that direction and for me, if I wasn't married and didn't have kids, say I was a 19-year-old kid and this happened, and it meant that I had to go back and live with my parents again, and I didn't think I'd ever get married again and all that, I, I can see how I might be a lot bitter, more bitter than I ever was, and that you could slide into some of that. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I see many kids nowadays, when I get calls and they say that, you know, their 17 year old boy just broke his neck and can I help him? Um, I just, I, I am so inspired by them um, to see the great things that they're doing and the positivity they find um, because they're in a different situation than when I was. And so to have an amazing wife and to have two children at the time, two young children, a two and a one year old, but uh, it gave me something to fight for. 
Um, but right. I do believe that if you surround yourself with the right people who think big, um, think positive, who want to do greatness, or at the very least to always be progressing, then it'll help you get through everything. Yeah. And just to highlight another part of that struck me as you were talking there uh, about you, Heather, is that for a lot of people in the world, I feel like if an event like that were to happen to their spouse, like if, you know, a guy, his wife or if a gal, her husband, they were to like break their neck in today's world and today's climate, the attitude of most people is, okay, well, sorry, bye. And I mean, not everyone. And sometimes just the compassion that you'll have there would urge you to stay. But I feel like there's a lot of people that would just check out. And that is another thing that for me shows that you have strength there, Heather, to say, yes, I made a commitment. I'm sticking this through. Yeah, it's been, it was really interesting, actually, when he was still in the hospital, because we had a gentleman come in who had broke his neck and he had paralysis in um, his life. And the first thing he said to us, we thought he was coming in to give us some motivational speech and how to really hang in there with our marriage. And he just said, uh, likelihood is you'll get divorced and you'll just have to get used to that. And we're like, what? Like that was his motivational talk for us. And we're just thinking, wow, wow. where'd you come from? I hope they didn't pay you much because this is terrible. But are like at least 80% of people going through something like this and then divorce. And so I think right from the beginning, we both had to decide to get on a positive side of things or else neither one of us was, we were going to survive. It was just too much of a game changer. I mean, we are 24 and 26 at the time, you know, so we're young and we just knew that we had to, get on the same page it was like the train is leaving the station and if we both aren't on it it will derail really quickly and um it doesn't mean that there hasn't been rocky times throughout that last you know 19 and a half years but i feel like we've been able to try and keep our eyes set on what our ultimate goal is and that is keeping our family united and pushing through these challenges in a positive way and that has just kind of kept propelling us, I guess. And um, Nate actually has a truck equipped that he drives with his hands. And um, that was like one of the first things he said when he broke his neck is he was like, do not give me a minivan. I do not want to drive a minivan. (laughs) So it was my task while he's in the hospital to go figure out how to get a truck equipped because they just didn't have those back then. But we did, we figured out how to get him back in a Ford truck, just like like he liked. but he also has a license plate that was our family's motto during the whole first while of uh, his stay. And it was, we believe, and we just have really kept that going as it's not, I believe it's not you believe it's us together. We, we believe, and we believe in God and that he will help pull us through as we continue to have faith and, and work together. Yeah. And I feel like this topic varies depending on the people I'm talking with, but I'll dare broach it with you and the listeners can uh, choose to listen or not. But I think this is important enough to start talking about God a little bit here, because I feel like that is most likely a significant portion 
of your guys's journey and i could be wrong there but um definitely no definitely um so what role would you say god has played in you guys's journey i think it's uh i think it was important that we we both had the same faith that we both believe there is a god we both believe that we came from his presence and probably more importantly that uh we have the opportunity to live with him again and that so i think it was the knowledge that just because i can't walk right now doesn't mean that'll always be that way that at some point again heather's gonna have to get on her tippy toes to give me a kiss <laughs> and uh you know and that I'll stand taller than her and we'll be able to walk holding hands and uh, all the things that come with that. So at least we knew that this is a temporary, um, or we believe this is a temporary state that we will both be in. Um, even though I'm the chair, she she still has to live with me and still has to be has a terrible is just that common faith common belief, being able to pray together, being able to, to keep our focus on something bigger than us. And uh, that puts things into perspective. Well, and I think too, after your second neck break, we were able to also say, all right, maybe this isn't just coincidence. I mean, we don't believe a lot of it coincidences, but maybe God has a bigger plan for us here. And what do we need to go find? And what do we need to go like, I don't know, work on what's our goals need to be. Cause it wasn't just, all right, let's just make sure Nate's healthy and is in a wheelchair and he sits around the house with a smile on his face. It was just like, no, there's something bigger we need to do here. And we really felt like maybe with the first time that he broke his neck, maybe we wouldn't have been propelled to go bigger and think, you know. Okay. Let me translate what Heather's saying. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's the translation here? my neck and the lord had a plan for me and i wasn't doing it maybe so, i don't know then the lord had to do it again just to get me on path maybe we're just like slow learners do you want to tell him what you were praying for when i broke my neck i was the praying, second time? i was praying for humility if you praying that we'll have something happen or whatever for no, humility happen, just humility. and then within what one or two weeks i yeah. broke my neck a second time so it was a little bit hard when I went to his bedside after he had surgery after the second neck break. And I just said, I just need you to know, because I felt bad about this, that I was praying for humility the last couple of weeks. And he was like, don't ever pray for that again. That's the worst idea I've ever heard of. Yeah. Well, well let me go here with that real quick. And you guys know this, um, but humility for the listeners is based in uh, the Latin, or no, was it Latin or Hebrew? Hebrew, right? I don't know. Well, I, I might remember this a lot better than you guys, but it's from Aspire, which is Kevin Hall's book. Um, humili- humility is Latin or Hebrew is where the origin comes from. And if I, I think it's humus which means rich, fertile soil, which means that you are willing to grow. 
And so just to kind of put so that to give a little context of what humility is. So you were the your, opportunity were to grow. your prayers answered? We grew. <laughs> I grew. <laughs> we really can't stand up. Well, I know, but we really, yeah, we really grew big time in very uncomfortable ways and doing things that we would never have done probably with four legs that worked between the two of us. So yeah, it, it definitely was God's plan. We just have to keep saying, tell us where and when and we'll go. Well, that reminds me, I heard of this boxer or wrestler that had some kind of accident happen to him where he either became a paraplegic or quadriplegic or something. Uh, something significant to where he lost use of some of his, of his faculties and people would ask him like hey how can you like be so upbeat still and like do all these things and he's like how can you guys not when you have all of your faculties yeah. that's a good idea it's true and, and i mean i don't want to come across from the viewpoint of shaming but i definitely want to come across with the viewpoint of okay here's nathan doing amazing things and what am i doing and I'm striving to do great things, obviously, but, you know, sometimes you have to ask yourself the question, okay, there's tons of people out in the world that are less able, quotation marks, less able <laughs> than myself doing more. Like, okay, seems to be a little bit uh, misbalanced there. <laughs> it is, and I, I get where you're coming from on that, and I, I, I see the other side of it as well, that, I mean, there's in some aspects of that, yes, I can't walk and I can't, I don't have all my faculties if that's how we want to put it. But at the same point I have, because of my injuries, it allows me a different platform to have the potential to do greater things because of the story. Um, yeah. And so that, but you still have to live up to it. You still have to do something with it. Any of us have to do something with whatever we've got. So, right. Would anybody think anything less of me if I sat home watching movies all day? Probably not. Um, they'd still feel bad for me and, and think that's okay. But uh, so whether you can walk or whether you're in a chair or whether you have cancer, it doesn't matter. Maybe it's you're having suicidal thoughts. It could be whatever. Um, it's when you start to act in a positive way um, then your story starts to take shape. And uh, so in some ways I do have an advantage. Um, in other ways I have a disadvantage. So um, yeah, I get a lot of people who come up to me and say, man, if Nathan can do it, I can do it. I'm like, well, yeah, if it's, you know, if you can, if I can help do, if I can do a half triathlon, then yes, I think you can do one. But uh there's everybody's got their strengths and i think one of my strengths even though a lot of people look at it as a weakness is that i am a quadriplegic and uh i think i have to take advantage of that yeah and i've talked with other people on the podcast before about it's like okay we sometimes view things that we see as ordinary and here i'll go a step further and say we sometimes see things that are looked at it in a in negative light as either like ordinary or bad when really we could be looking at them as okay these are superpowers in a way and 
you know, takes a certain point of view to see it that way. Mm-hmm. But there's superpowers in a way. Yeah, and I think a lot of times we see also how people take um, situations that we've been in, they'll say, oh, well, we shouldn't complain to you because of everything you've already gone through. And we see challenges and different things that we go through as all just one. Everybody just has challenges, whether it is some of the things that Nate um, labeled off like a death or cancer, divorce, um, depression, whatever it is, everybody has something they're dealing with. And so the quicker that we realize they're just stuff they were going through, they may come in different levels of severity at times, but really we're just put here on this earth to help everyone through it. And so if we don't feel that like kind of regret or shame of, oh, I'm just not living up to so-and-so and what they're doing with their lives and, you know, take Nate. I mean, he's a wheelchair and look what he's doing. Like there should never be that comparison there because we don't know what they're going through. And we really try to dispel that when we talk to people. It's just like we were given certain challenges and also tools to work through those. You're giving certain, given certain challenges and tools to work through those. And now it's just our job to go out and find them, to go out there and just, I don't know, help one another and be better at, at what we can. Yeah, absolutely. I love the way you put that. I was wanting to say that and didn't have the words to say that. So thanks for explaining that, communicating that beautifully there, Heather. So we could, we could go into the, say that we'll fast forward a ways. We ended up having two more children after that. Um, So we have four kids, um, three girls and a daughter. Three girls and a daughter. And yeah, that sounded right. (laughs) Three girls and a son. We'll just call him a daughter tonight. Oh, he's wonderful. Yeah, he gets off his mission in two weeks. So awesome. Yes. Um, so now, but you know, now we have our oldest daughter's married, son off, just about off a mission, and two girls in high school. But uh, I, so six years ago, we actually went to a called a Genshai event. Um, like you said, the, Kevin Hall puts him on, who wrote the book Aspire. And Genshai means what you may have, I'm sure you've talked about on some of your podcasts, but yeah, there's been a never, few episodes at least. Never do anything or say anything that would, that would make someone feel small and including yourself. And that was when I was first introduced to it. Heather kind of came in later in the day. And since then, we've been back six years and we have met the most amazing people in this journey and on our path and it's helped us do great things it's helped us change our mindset not just the genshai or the the phrase of that comes with genshai and it's it's not kevin it's the people that that think like us now and I think we thought very small of ourselves. We thought, I mean, we still did good stuff and we were still pushing forward and we we're still trying to be successful, but I don't think we knew how to dream big enough, knew how to dream bigger. And I think it goes back to what I said earlier is if you want to rewrite the stars, if you want to change what is out there for you right now, that 
in my mind, it is, again, it's surrounding yourself with people who, who also dream big. But not just dream big, but you've got to be able to execute it. Yes. So there's a lot of dreamers, but until you do something about it, you're still just a dreamer. And you start to put those things into action. And then when you surround yourself with people who think like you, then they turn, they believe in you. And then that helps your confidence and it all starts to build. And then you have no problem reaching out to them for advice and help and they'll do it just like you would for them. And because of these individuals that we've met over the last six years and worked with in many different ways now, um, it's helped us start to think so much bigger and act so much bigger than we ever did before. And it's helped us um, create a nonprofit that has now over the past just three years since we really got it started, um, we've given out over 2000 wheelchairs. We've taken people on eight different trips to five different countries on three different continents. And we've done a lot of local projects and we're in the process now of um, trying to create a different abilities park um, here in our valley. And then that may grow to other places throughout the United States that are all built to, to specifically help others with mobility issues. And uh, because I, we know what that is, we live it. And so it's something we're willing to fight for. But six years ago, if someone said to us that we'd be doing what we're doing now, I think we both would have said, whatever, like, no way. And since then, I mean, I've, I've written a book, I've co-authored two books. We've had a movie made about our family and our nonprofit. Um, we've just things, we've done things now that we, would have never thought our names would be attached to. And it's not to say we're not some big movie stars and all this stuff, but, but we are doing big things and we're changing lives. And it's, it's because of our faith, it's because of our family, and it's because of those that we call our friends. Excellent. I have to mention here that that's actually that Genshai event, not the one six years ago, but the one two years ago, if I recall. No, two events ago, <laughs> year and a half ago. Um, beginning of 2020 is where I met you for the first time, both of you. And like you said, many, many, many amazing people there. And so just by the fact of you guys being there, I knew, hey, these are cool people. And <laughs> I think I'm always going to remember that demonstration you had with the chairs and oh, imitating your trip to Peru and Machu Picchu. I thought that was one super neat. You were able to go to Machu Picchu, but also need to re reenact it <laughs> going through those very, very narrow corridors and hallways up at the top I, i've been there and it's not very wheelchair friendly <laughs> no, we're, we're heading back this next november well not this november the following november so hopefully we're going to get some better footage of that well well 
I'll have to talk with you more and see if I can hitch along for the ride. Anytime. <laughs> we'll talk about that after we're done here. <laughs> um, but yeah, just I love how you talked about dreaming big and how it is the people you surround yourself with. I think that's one of the reasons why I have this podcast is because even if I can't be with you, the listener right now in person, I'm here with you with my voice and I'm bringing Heather and Nathan to you as well. And, you know, each week for almost the past year, I've been bringing some other person and we've been sharing things to inspire you, to motivate you, to help you decide to act. And like you said, Nate, um, you're, you can dream and dream and dream, but until you do, you're just a dreamer. And I share about vision boards in each episode and share vision board success in every episode. And this one for today was to earn $500 from mentoring before Christmas. Now, you know, some people might think, oh, that's not too bad. Like, you know, a couple sessions here, a couple sessions there, you know, a handful of people. Put this up on my vision board December 22nd of 2020. Three days. <laughs> and the reason that this one ended up there is because... I was striving really hard to live what I was feeling at the time was my purpose and my dream of being a mentor. And one of my mentors told me uh, very frankly, hey, you're not acting you need something because you have your wife working and you're not bringing in money. You need to do something that you kind of um, called me to attention or I know there's some other way to say that, but it just kind of woke me up, mm-hmm. rattled, rattled my head and said, uh, Hey, uh, you got your wife working. You're not doing anything except playing games. Like you, you got to, you got to get your act together. And so I didn't actually end up getting this on the vision board before it happened, but I was dead set determined in my head. I'm like, this got to happen. Cause I set the goal with my mentor. I'm like, okay, $500 before Christmas. He's like, what if it's four ninety nine ninety nine? And I'm like, doesn't count. <laughs> I got the $500 before Christmas. It happened December 23rd of 2020. That's awesome. Thanks. And, you know, there it's illustrating that point you said, Nate, of being a doer, not just a dreamer. I've been a dreamer for a good long while. I've been a doer for a good long while too, but they've been at a discrepancy of dreamed a lot more than I've done, (laughs) which is certainly what almost all of us will do. Well, and I feel like a lot of people too have such good intentions to dream and do right. And that initial acting is sometimes difficult for a lot of people. But for me, what I see more often than not 
it's the follow through, it's the finishers. And we don't have a lot of finishers. There's a lot of dreamers. There's a lot of people who are first response. I'll do it, I'll get going. But there's not a lot of people who will finish it all the way through. And um, that's something that I've seen with, um, we just got back from Ghana, like in uh, August, we returned from Ghana. And I've been working on this trip for eight months, getting, 280 wheelchairs over to Ghana, having 24 passengers coming. So we were going to be delivering all these wheelchairs. And we were working with um, a group of Rotarians over there who were supposed to have all these recipients for us once we arrived in Ghana. And um, I just kept feeling like this isn't right. This isn't right. Even though I was working my tail off. And when we got there, the Rotarians didn't have anybody for these wheelchairs. And we've been working on this for eight months and I had 24 travelers that came. And I first, probably my thought was, is it illegal to murder somebody in Ghana? Cause I'm about to like, it's I'm, oh, it's a clean it's show. A clean Sorry. Show, I, I might've <laughs> wanted to lack somebody that day. Um, but then I was quick to figure out, like, I know that God wanted me to come here. Like I had received full like knowledge that, I'm supposed to go here and he's going to provide a way. And we happened to have a large truck with us and we took 20 of those wheelchairs and we loaded them up in our truck. The Rotarian said they were going to deliver the other wheelchairs and they actually have to send us information. So we know they are going to the right people. They just didn't have them there that day. But we took those 20 wheelchairs and we instantly started asking like our drivers and our tour guides, um, hotel managers, like anybody just like, who do you know that really needs wheelchairs? And that trip, as, it's, as we continue to act and move forward and work on this, we were able to see miracles unfold because we are willing to act and keep moving forward. It could have been way easier for us to show up. They didn't have it. And for us to say, sorry, guys, we're just going to enjoy Ghana for the next, you know, 12 days. They didn't show up with the people and just, you know, once again, kind of like Nate being in a wheelchair, they don't expect you to do anything more because you were just dealt a crap car, right? But right. as we kept moving forward, the right people were put in front of us and the places we went were incredible. The people that we met, we met a guy named Jacob Tutu who had been laying on his stomach for five years straight because he had not gotten the medical attention he needed after a car accident. And we took him that wheelchair and he told us he could not sit in that wheelchair because he still needed a surgery. But we took that wheelchair and we put it in the corner of his room. And we said, this is now your goal. You have a visual in front of you. We went back to our um, social media group and said, hey, we need another $5,000 raised for this young man to get a surgery. And within three or four days, we had all 5,000 raised. And we now um, are following through by having people send me messages and daily I am following up with Jacob Tutu to let him know we are still here. We still believe in you. I mean, how crazy I'm sure that was to that young man laying in Elamina, um, Ghana on a floor to have all these Caucasian people come from the United States with a wheelchair that he had no idea were even coming because we weren't on a list for him to get this, right? Nobody right. set up anything. So it was just happenstance which wasn't happenstance because let's put some quotation marks around that. Yeah, 
God knew that was supposed to happen. But because of that daily now, the follow through of acting initially and continuing to follow up, this young man's going to get a surgery as well as he knows he now has a community around him. We've been able to get church members over to see him and other people to follow up and really communicate. Com, um, create a community around him and I think it could have been easy for us to just say sorry like this is too hard like it wasn't the right way but we get to decide every time that kind of that crossroad or that fork in the road and that day we decide to keep figuring it out and keep going and I think that's something that we've kind of become talented at is just pivoting you know like figuring out how to get through the challenges yeah. Well, and like you said, you could have just stopped it. And I mean, I haven't been as, how long was your flight to Ghana? Was it like 13, 14 hours more? The longest was 10. Longest was 10. Okay. Yeah, so we had a couple six and then a 10. Yeah. So for anyone that's been, or, or I should say for anyone that hasn't been on a long plane flight of 10 hours or so, you're exhausted after that. I had an 11 one four times, 11 hour flight. And, you know, at the end of it, you, you don't want to go find the next terminal. You just want to sit down and not be crammed in a chair. You want to sprawl out a little bit. And so even just that small bit, you could have just said, oh, let's take the day off. And I don't know if you guys did that first day or not, but it didn't sound like you did. Nope, we hit the ground running. And could have been so easy just to be like, eh, we'll recover from jet lag. We'll recover from, you know, being crammed in a chair for 20 hours over the course of three flights. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll just take it easy. You guys are, nope, we're doing it. Well, go. we're, not, we're not there on vacation either. We're there to have fun. But yeah, we're not there to go see the beach and chill. We're, we're there to serve. Um, we have we have a lot of fun serving and we have a lot of neat activities and we do a lot of um, things that bring you closer to their culture uh, but yeah I think when you're when you're doing things for the right reason if you're there to serve and you're there to help others you know you start to put yourself aside your own desires and stuff and you I think it makes it easier to get to work um, when it's not about you Oh yeah. Absolutely. I can say the same thing about my podcast because you know, Tuesdays would roll around and I'd be like, okay, time to edit another episode, get it up. And now that I'm got a full-time job doing stained glass, I'm like, okay, Monday night rolls around. Okay, let's let's get it done. And you know, some days it's just a oh, okay, yeah, I need to make sure that's up. And other days, like, you know what? Let's yeah, people need to hear this. Let's let's do this. And I don't even think about it. And yeah, what a cool it, it just happens. Yeah, you've been able to bring a cool gift because, I mean, because you're listening to what you feel like you should be doing, you're sharing stories of many other people who are on your podcast. Hopefully, somebody will, you know, spark an interest or kind of turn on that light bulb for somebody else who is one of your listeners. And all of a sudden, they'll say, dang it, I can be better. I can do better. I, I can go and I can help. And um, just making a difference, whether it's with their self making a difference or with others. Um, yeah. There's a lot of room for improvement for all of us to have. 
Well, and where you say self and others, you have to remember that there's a balance there. Because you, Nate, wouldn't have been able to help anyone had you not gotten to a position where you could even, you know, yep. function on the highest level that you can, or even a higher level than you were after you broke your neck the first time or the second time. No, I agree. And it's and it's not just having, it's all the people around you. You got to give appreciation for that. So if it weren't, if it oh, weren't yeah. for doctors, nurses, caregivers, all of that, it, you know, I wouldn't be able to just do what I do now. And uh, it's not for people who work at the airlines that help lift me on and off of planes. And sometimes in some very sketchy areas, depending on what country you're in, um, like coming down in Mexico and I think Costa Rica and stuff, when you're, you're stuck to a little aisle chair strapped in and you got four people carrying you down these big flights of stairs coming out of the airplane because you're not pulling up to a terminal, it's pretty hairy. But uh, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be getting out of the plane. Right. And like with my vision board success here, if it wasn't for that mentor, they, you know, just grabbed me by the ear and said, hey, listen, you got to change something. Wouldn't have done that to where I, you know, helped a client and earned $500 myself before Christmas. Yeah. And, you know, that's vision board success number 45 for me. But, you know, I wouldn't have been doing vision boards if it weren't for a mentor either. So I really like how you're mentioning about the people around you, too, because you are the one that starts something within you and yet others can kindle that. And others are the ones that help you keep it burning. It's an interlaced thing. I mean, for crying out loud, this is the first episode where I've had two people on at the same time. (laughs) We're we're all feeding off each other, sharing great things here. No, no, it's I think it's been really cool to see. Um, I don't know because we are able to travel and be with different people. It doesn't matter nationality, race, religion. Like people really just have that hunger to be loved, to be accepted, mm-hmm. and to be heard. And I feel like sometimes when we go and do these trips. Like some of the areas we went in Ghana, I honestly don't know if they've ever seen a Caucasian person before. Like they were so shocked. Number one, that there was 24 of us coming and that we were all Caucasian. But number two, that there was a stinking wheelchair guy coming along. Like, where did he come from? You know, like in the middle of Africa and that he's the one that's coming and providing these wheelchairs for their people. Like it was truly, it's, like transformational to watch their faces as we give out these wheelchairs, knowing humanity still does exist. Because I think it's yeah. really easy to give up on that thought process that there's so much junk and negative just chatter in the world that if that's all we're listening to, it really feels like it's a rough time period. But as we continue forward, like spreading positivity, doing good, I don't know when we're on those trips, I don't hear any of the chatter. I don't hear any of that negativity going on. Um, We can come back to home. And of course you're going to settle back into some of your normal stuff, but you just keep looking back in those moments and saying, 
yeah, but think about such and such. And you can recall those moments of service. And that doesn't mean you have to be on wheelchair trips with us, right? I understand that's not going to be for everybody to be able to go on. But as we can continue to love and give back to other people, I feel like those connections that have been lost through our technology sometimes or just through our everyday busy schedules start to be able to reconnect. And I think that's how overall we're going to be able to allow others to think bigger, dream bigger, and let them know that their life matters and it's important. So since I'm running this podcast, let me ask you a question. Oh my gosh. Benjamin, quick, take it back. (laughs) In a brief answer, what is it over the last few years that's helped you to think bigger, help you to, to not put limitations on yourself? Um, I would say, like you said earlier, surrounding myself by other people that give me permission to do that. Um, and even, I mean, full disclosure, Benjamin, Nate and I even had a differing, and we still probably do differing levels of dreaming because I sometimes will come up with things that he's like, holy crud, what are we doing? Like, how did you think of this? I mean, like we did a 1200 mile bike ride, right? We weren't even bikers, but we decided that's what we were going to do. <laughs> raise money for people in wheelchairs. Like that's how this whole nonprofit thing even got started. Um, but I think having the permission from others around me to dream big was a big deal. So I had to like kind of take, as Kevin Hall says, find your five people, right? And surround yourself by those good, positive five people. So I had to find the people who would allow me to dream and be like, think bigger. Um, And then I think also just giving myself time to see the small wins that then start building on top of each other. Because as we continue to move forward and keep having small wins and taking chairs to other countries and seeing how that's making a difference, um, that just creates more and more confidence and faith and um, and now it's funny because we're like with our very first crazy idea of riding 1200 miles, we maybe had a handful of people. They were like, we believe in you go for it. The rest of the 95% were like, you are ludicrous. You have kids that are ages 10 to 17 and a husband who's a quadriplegic and yourself and you guys are going to ride 1200 miles. Like it's just not a smart thing to do. I mean, let's be honest. It's probably just not a smart thing to do. do. But (laughs) because we all were in it together and we had this passion, like the entire trip, there was never once a complaint from any of our children. And it was because we were doing it for other people. Like there was no band at the end. What'd you say, Benjamin? 10 to 17 years old. Not not a complaint from any of them? Not one. Wow. The entire trip. Like writing... 20, 30, 40 miles a day. They're exhausted. They're all sharing a little part of a camper that we, you know, a trailer that we're in. And so it was, wasn't comfortable. It's not like we stayed in nice hotels. Yeah. And like I was saying, there isn't, it wasn't like we promised them, okay, if you do this, we go to Disneyland at the end. It was just like, we're finishing and we're giving all the money to people who need wheelchairs. And then we're going to turn around and drive all the way back home. And because we had a purpose that was united and 
for somebody else, it, I think right there was a mind shift in all of our kids that each one of them almost said, said and said, I can, we can do hard things. And they refer back to that often, even in the things that they're doing on their missions and school and sports. And it's, it's, it's really been an incredible journey. Yeah. Wow. So this is that crazy idea of the 1200 miles. Is that what was the kickstart to chair the hope? Yeah, I think it kind of got the ball well, rolling. But there's a BSU game. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll give you the brief version of the BSU game. So we were home maybe two months. Yeah, just barely over, yeah, a little, maybe a month and a half. We got back from the bike ride and we'd raised, raised like $41,000 for wheelchairs. And so we went to a Boise State football game and Heather piggybacked me down to some seats. And at halftime, my pain was getting high. So she was carrying me back up. Like we said, she's pretty strong. Carrying me back up to uh, my wheelchair and we kind of came around the corner and my wheelchair was gone. Someone had uh, taken my wheelchair. And so um, because of that, it kind of brought back another, brought back a lot of the feelings of what it's like to not be able to move myself, not to be able to go where I want to mm. go. And then uh, we met some other people and it just kind of started to snowball a little bit from there where People wanted to help us, wanted to help us make a bigger difference, heard about the bike ride. And then, and then, uh, yeah, we just, we didn't want a nonprofit. We didn't want it at all, or I didn't for sure. And uh, then it, but we had people reaching out locally saying, we need some help. We've got a little, you know, we've got a child that needs a new wheelchair or, or needs a specialty wheelchair or whatever it is. And we're like, well, we don't have the money. Everything we raised, we gave away. And uh, then we thought, well, it would be kind of nice to have some control in helping people we choose to help, like here in our own communities and internationally. And so, yeah, we started, I think, not knowing what it would have turned into in three years. Um, it's called Chair the Hope. And now uh, we've got tremendous things in sight that we're that we're going to be doing. I mean, I think we'll, you know, within a few years time, we'll just be doubling over and over um, the kind of projects and things that we get to do. So it's, it's turned into a, a really big deal. Yeah. It, and I've seen some of the things that are coming down the pipeline, at least from a person outside the works viewpoint. And it's looking like it's going to be really awesome with that. I, yeah, I think it has really caught just kind of hold and is kind of snowballing like Nate said, but the neat thing is, is that I feel like we're really trying to grasp not losing sight of the one. And when we went to Ghana, finding Jacob Tutu, he was one of the reasons why we were there. You know, when we go to these different places, like it doesn't matter how much good you're doing in the world if you're forgetting to look for the one and um and also remembering that who got you there and that's heavenly father he provided all of these opportunities for us um we went through a lot of challenges and we were able to work through it but 
for us to make sure that we are always remembering um, to give all the credit to Heavenly Father because it wasn't our ideas. It's just us saying yes and then acting and then following through and finishing. Um, it's allowing us to still meet people all over the world that we wouldn't have met if we wouldn't have put it on our vision board, if we wouldn't have showed up and said yes, or if we wouldn't have started doing the hard things, which is just uncomfortable, you know, asking people and trying to make big phone calls, all those things that come with growing the pains of it. Um, but just remembering it's the one it's who are we supposed to be finding today? That's important. Yeah. And, and the humility to be able to grow. But we don't pray for that anymore, Ben. So what's the disclaimer? If you pray for humility, no guarantees on what will or won't happen. But yes. you, you may get a miracle. Exactly. <laughs> or Jesus, then you have to find a miracle in it. So <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Miracle in disguise. And I just want to rehash a little bit on that. Small wins leading into big wins. Vision board success number 45 for me did not come as my first one. It was not, oh, let's start a vision board. $500. Okay, yeah. No. First one I put on there was have five conversations, five in-depth conversations with people. And then it was finish this book, finish the other book. Another one I had on there was finish five books. Um, had to do five pull-ups. And I've had big ones interspersed, like go back to Peru where I served them mission like your son's serving right now uh where, where's he at he's in argentina buenos aires nice so pretty close relatively speaking right <laughs> um and it's like you gotta start where you're at like you're not gonna start with a broken neck thinking i'm gonna start a Nonprofit, we're going to give wheelchairs to everyone. Like, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was not the first thought you had. No, that's for darn sure. Yeah, it was just how, how are we going to live? How are we going to survive? How are we going to make it? You know, so and you went from there. What can you do to help one person? And then that can go to two, and then all of a sudden it can jump up if that's what you choose to do, and that's where you feel directed. But, uh, no, I agree. You you can't just say I'm gonna I'm gonna do five hundred dollars in you know like you had in two days and not have any leads. That not to say it's not possible, but you know some of your stuff has to be realistic, right? And, and you set up those ways to get there. Yeah, and another win I want to highlight that you had made is at your daughter's wedding being able to dance with her and we don't have to we don't have to go deep into this if you don't want to but i just wanted to highlight that you did have that opportunity no it was it was really fun and it's it's definitely not the way i envisioned doing that with my daughter when i for we first had her when uh, she used to hold my you know when she was just a little girl and we dance around and then i broke my neck and i been looking forward to the day to her get married, but also dreading the day that I'd have to dance with her because it's not the way I wanted to do it. And uh, 
granted everyone else in the room probably thought it was more special because she was sitting on my lap and we're spinning around in this big dress that I kept running over her dress. <laughs> but, um, and that's okay. I guess, you know, not everything is going to end up the way we envision it. Things change. Your path will adjust. You'll meet different people. And, but it doesn't mean what you're doing isn't still great. It can end mm-hmm. up being greater. Um, yeah. So, that night was very special to be able to dance with her. Um, and, uh, but it was still tough because it wasn't the way I initially had pictured it. But uh, I know it meant the world to her and it meant the world to everyone else watching. And uh, so I was grateful for the chance to be able to do it. And, you know, I could have easily backed out of that and probably not had too much pushback. Well, from Heather, I would have had a lot of pushback. But I, I also see that night as like a big win because that really was like survival for those last 19 and a half years. Like, I mean, there's a lot of things that could have taken Nate's life over the last 19 and a half years. We've had many bouts of pneumonia, like seven, eight things with pneumonia. He's had hematomas. He's had like just multiple issues with um, medical things that have been kind of scary situations and I think like Nate said that night didn't maybe feel the way he had envisioned it that first um when he first became a father like it should but the miracle that he was actually able to be there with his daughter I think that's the bigger part and I think sometimes if we focus too much on the it wasn't exactly how I envisioned it or it didn't quite meet my expectations. We sometimes miss the ride. We miss the dance, you know, as the famous song <laughs> says. And um, I hope you dance. Really? Can we start singing? No, let's not oh. do that. <laughs> anyway, it was, it was a cool experience to witness. Yeah. And if I heard right, that was one of the things that kept you going after you broke your neck. Was that right, Nate? That it was, yeah, it was, that I I knew that I needed to be a husband and a father. And that's what, because yeah, when you're in the hospital and you're really struggling to breathe, to be able to move, to do anything, um, you need to have something to fight for. And uh, definitely knowing that I, I wanted to be the one there to, to help raise my kids and not someone else was uh, something that kept pushing me forward. Awesome. So it's kind of your, goes back to that, what people talk about, it's your why. You know, mm-hmm. if you got your why, you'll figure out the how. Yeah. Victor Franco. Yeah. Well, I know we could keep talking a lot more about a lot of amazing things. I also feel like it might be time we kind of wrap up, but I want to make sure that you guys have a chance to share any other thoughts you might have had. I think I'm good. I think we've gone through our story pretty good. I, I think it just comes back to, uh, to me, um, dreaming big, you've got to believe in yourself 
Um, but that's easier just said than done. And so that's why you surround yourself. Find, find the right people to, to spend time with, to talk to, to have mentors, to whatever it may be that gets you into that. And if you have too many people who are dragging you down, then you need to start distancing yourself a little bit to where more people around you are building you up than uh, draining you. And then uh, I think you'll, you'll automatically start to see more success in everything that you do because they're there pushing you when you don't have the strength to keep going. Absolutely. And Heather, did you have anything you wanted to share before we finish? No, I just know that like, number one, I want you to know I'm proud of you for what you're doing and how you're fulfilling your, um, I guess, mission here on this earth, that we all kind of go through those moments of trying to figure ourselves out. And sometimes it seems harder um, to find our missions. I feel like there's been a few things that Nate and I both have gone through that we just keep feeling like you're beating your head against the wall. You just, you can't get there, you can't get there. Um, but as you can still feel that way <laughs> yes yeah, as you continue to show up um and somebody said as if you keep raising your hand god will pick you and i feel like that's something that we can all be better at doing it's just raising your hand saying yeah i'll go and do it it doesn't mean that's exactly what you had envisioned for your future but as you continue to say yes other people will be put in your path and you'll meet those that you need to that um, will help get you to your dreams at some point. Yeah, well, thank you for that compliment, as well as those thoughts. As well as those thoughts. Well, for me, I think just make sure that you surround yourself with amazing people. Talked about that a lot, and make sure that you yourself are willing to improve. And Nate and Heather, if people wanted to find out more about Share the Hope or about yourselves, who, where would they be able to find that out? At uh, sharethehope.org, um, just like a wheelchair, Share the Hope is uh, our website. We're on social media, all of that. There's some fun videos on YouTube and whatnot. And, uh, and then uh, I guess you could, I got website at nathanogden.com but mostly just either one of our names uh you can probably just find different things about us to follow us on social media and uh anything else you want to know and come on a trip i yeah. think once once people come on trips it's just like man it makes any other family vacation just feel like oh so unfulfilling because you're just giving <laughs> so much and you're just like out being amongst <laughs> and finding that love for humanity so come join us on a trip you have to plan your vacations differently oh yeah out. <laughs> like okay we can go on vacation but we need to find something to serve yeah somehow exactly. to serve. <laughs> yep. yeah i'm gonna have to talk with you more and figure out how i can end up on one of these trips particularly if you're going back to peru it's it's in the works next november so all right well thank you for being on today and to the listener, thank you for listening. And remember, you can rewrite your stars. It may look different than you would expect. It may be different from anyone else you know. Maybe similar to other people you know. But you can do it.
and bringing people on the show to prove it's possible, share their stories. And we'll see you next week. Adios. Thank you.